Late Night Council is a production of Council Communications. This is Late Night Council. This is bigger. This is very big. There's definitely something here. Apparently, it's a big deal. It's all over the news. It's a real thing. A radio signal from another world. Who's John Council? That's my grandpa. Well, your story is very compelling. Your chance to make history. It's pretty cool, I guess. Give it to me straight. John, you're in charge. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, look at you all there tuning in there. Good to have you with us. It's Ask the Pastor tonight. It's late night council, but what I do on Sunday nights is Ask the Pastor. That's the format of the show. Now, you can come at me at from whatever direction and any perspective you want, okay? Uh, but usually on Sunday nights, it's going to be Ask the Pastor, and that's what we do. That's not the name of the show. The name of the show is Late Night Council because my, you know, my... Last name's Council, and, and I figured, you know, if God gave me a game name like that, I should probably use it, right? And uh, it's open line, open topic, whatever you want to talk about, and whatever you bring to this program, I'm going to do my best to give you the biblical perspective on it, the faith perspective on it, okay? Could be a political story, could be like something in the media, could be a, I hope you're not having arguments with your neighbors, or maybe discussions, maybe a, a spirited discussion you had at work or with a, with a family member or over the fence with the neighbor, and uh, you know, you want a biblical or a faith perspective on it. Now, why do I say faith? Because I, I, the Bible has something to say on just about whatever circumstance or situation we would find ourselves in, and when it doesn't, okay, you know, usually it teaches a principle. And and people of you know uh, uh, people that believe that that Christ really is who He says He is, you know, the Son of God, you know, we've got a bit of a perspective on things. And, and I find that uh, you know in Proverbs it says of the multitude of counselors there's wisdom. There's another fun verse I like I like to bring out that plans fail for lack of counsel. Now that has nothing to do with me, but I kind of adopted that. You know, we kind of bring it on the program anymore every once in a while and have some fun with it. So if you know what you want to talk about, I am loaded tonight. If you follow me on Twitter at JW Council. Uh, on Twitter. If you uh, uh, are on the Facebook page, the Late Night Council Facebook page, you already know the direction I'm going tonight because I like to put out a couple hours before then uh, what's going on tonight. So you know where I'm going. You know what I'm loaded with and what I want to yak about. But your calls, especially, you know, in the early goings of this, uh, uh, the relaunch of Late Night Council, you know, your calls take precedence. They really do. It's great when you call in. I mean, I can go for the two hours and I usually do, but I find uh, the show way more interesting. I find our time together to be that much more stimulating when uh, we've got people calling in with questions and, and when the email, you can email jcouncil at CFRA. No, it's not. <laughs> I gave the old address, boy. I've been off of CFRA for over a year now, and I've still got it in my brain. JC at latenightcouncil.com. That's JC at latenightcouncil.com. Hey, give me a break. It was 17 years, you know. After you, they say that when you, they say that when you, uh, uh, like if you're in a trade, you don't know your trade. You're, you don't know what you're doing until you've done it for 10,000 hours. 
And uh, I sat down once, and I'm right about there, about 12,000 to 15,000 hours doing talk radio now in my lifetime. So, uh, you know, habits do get ingrained. But the email is jc at latenightcouncil.com. What hasn't changed is you got to keep it under six lines, okay? jc at latenightcouncil.com. If you want to uh, 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 ask a question by email, you can tweet, okay, at jwcouncil. But we prefer you call it in. That's why, we, you know, we've gone through the trouble of getting a, a toll-free number and a number here in the capital region and outfitting everything with all kinds of cool technology that actually seems to be working now. It's been a long time since we've had a glitch on this show. And uh, 343-700-4390 is the Capital Region number. That's 343-700-4390. 343-700-4390, that's the Capital Region number. The toll-free for all across North America Everywhere, you know, that uh, the one hate number uh, exchanges cover, uh, you could be calling from, oh, you could be calling from Scugog, Ontario, okay? You could be calling from Kinmundi, Illinois. You could be calling from Plaster City, California, or Holy Rood, Kansas, 1-844-562-4766. That's one 844 5624766. Let me give you the toll free again. 1-844-5624766. Now, when you call in, we have an automated call screener. Isn't that cool? Hey, oh yeah. I, you know, and, and look at I don't know about you, but I can't stand it when I call a church and I got a machine. Don't you hate that? I really hate that. Now, I have been in churches where it that's been the case because we couldn't afford a, a full-time secretary all the time. To me, that's the only real excuse. I mean, isn't it nice to call a church or, you know, a faith-based organization and get or maybe a, a counseling service and get an actual person to talk to? To me, that's a, that's a church that cares. It really does. You know, just a personal peeve of mine. You want to comment on that, feel free. But when you call here because, uh, hey, we're, we're on the cheap here. I don't have... I don't have a multi-billion dollar corporation covering this show anymore. It's just, uh, you know, us and a few people working hard to keep this thing going. And uh, But we've got a really cool automated call screener system that you call in, and it gives you, you know, prompts on online, and it puts you on hold, and then you, we bring you up on the program, and it's just like, it's just like, well, you're on a real talk show. It's just that you're not talking to a real person. Hey, I hope the day comes when I can have a real person to answer your calls when you call in. But uh, for now, this is the best we can do, and we are going to give you the best that we can do every Sunday night here on Late Night Council. 343-700-4390 in the Capital Region. That's 343-700-4390. That's 1-844-562-4766. And as you know, all of our shows on Late Night Council, and Nick at Night as well, okay, because we're kind of partners in this, uh, they're available at latenightcouncil.com, uh, you know, whether you're listening on TuneIn right now, and uh, the podcast. Uh, Nick's show is not up from Wednesday night yet, but it's going up by probably tomorrow, and tonight's show will be up tomorrow as well. We get them up there after a while, and uh, you can download them for podcast and listen to them anytime you want. And, of course, that's at latenightcouncil.com or at TuneIn Radio or at Google Play. Uh, you can uh, follow all those. And I know the website looks very primitive, and I know it's been like that for a while, but we are going to be updating it. Trust me, okay, it's coming, it's happening. I mean, I've only been back on the air now. This is only my third show uh, since we took about a six-month break, and uh, it's great to be back, and uh, as we grow the show, and as you tune in, and as you tell your friends, and as the as the listenership grows, uh, all, that, all that kind of stuff is going to be taken care of. 343-700-4390 in the
in the Capital Region. That's 343-743-90. is uh, the long-distance line. That's 1-844-562-4766. Now, next week, and i, I got a ton of stuff to get to, and that's why we've got two hours. And I have let you know. Now, I've never done this. Never did this when, when I was on the old radio station. Never did this when we were doing uh, online broadcasting from the previous location, Okay. Um, if we go past 11 o'clock, if we've got callers, okay, we don't necessarily have to end at 11 o'clock. Now, uh, the, the opposite is true. You know, if I feel, you know what, I've talked to you enough tonight, and if the calls are not coming in, it's possible we could end the show a little bit earlier. But 11 is usually the, uh, the target uh, time that we set apart to uh, uh, um, uh, end the program. Uh, but the beauty of talk radio, though, it can often take on a life of its own, and it can get pretty fun and exciting and uh, all over the map and uh, I, I love the free-for-all nature of it. I th- think it's really cool. Now, next week, next week I'm, br- I'm going to have uh, my first guest since uh, I've been back at it, uh, uh, this being the third show. Uh, next week, and Terry Orchard has been on before. Terry Orchard is uh, uh, one of my buddies. People in Ottawa probably know Terry Orchard by now because he's been on my show enough times. He's been in the media as well. And if you're listening from across North America, uh, uh, Terry Orchard pastors Britannia Baptist Church, which is in, oh, one of the highest crime rate, uh, poverty-stricken areas of the capital region here. And he is one of my heroes. This guy just puts out for his neighborhood and for his people uh, continually. He's a hero to uh, the people that know him in Britannia, and uh, I just love it when Terry can come on. And Terry, Terry, if you go to Late Night Council, if you go to the Late Night Council Facebook page, Late Night, uh, uh, Terry Orchard's uh, 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 posts that he's been putting up on the Late Night Council Facebook page in the last three weeks, they're getting, oh, four, five times as much uh, uh, response as mine are, okay? So, uh, uh now, what is that doing that? Okay, I had a little bit of technical thing here. Um, Terry Orchard's posts are getting three to four times as much response as my posts are, okay? Why is that? Because Terry, and, and this is why I love this guy, he is on a crusade to expose the dangers of Bill M-103, that our government is trying to pass. Now, I've talked a little bit about the program. Terry's done way more research on it than I have, and he's been posting stuff like crazy and getting all sorts of response. And uh, M-103 is the bill that the our liberal government, our federal liberal government, is trying to pass that would make it illegal to criticize Islam. In other words, Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism, even atheism doesn't have these same type of protections on it. It is clearly a violation of separation of church and state. Separation of church and state meanings that the state would not give preference to one religion over another. This is exactly what it's doing. And I don't know anybody right now who more eloquently is exposing and is doing a better job to, to, to inform people of what the implications of M103 are all about. So next week, he's coming on on a late night council, and he's going to you know fill us in on the latest of what's going on with M103. We're going to talk about it and uh, uh, the efforts that he's putting forward Forward and a lot of other people that are gathering uh, together to uh, uh, to battle this thing. That I think is a really, really, really bad thing. And if you've been following on on uh, the news, and even if you want to talk about it tonight, uh, I mean, I, it's open line, open topic. You can talk about whatever you want to talk about tonight. But when Terry Orchard's on next week, we're going to give a lot of attention to that. He's going to be on the show for at least a half hour. He's no uh, a stranger to late night council and uh, always welcome on this program. So keep that in mind. Terry Orchard next week when we uh, uh, let the, the M103 issue be uh, um, 
uh, primary. Anthony Fury, who has also been a show on uh, a guest on previous shows of mine, uh, columnist with the Toronto Sun, and of course his column is carried just a lo- pretty much uh, across the Sun uh, uh, news chain. He did an editorial in today's Toronto Sun, and uh, he's quoting the numbers of a poll that says that there's only 14% of Canadians that support this bill in its present form. It only has 14% support. So, I mean, and again, you could see that this is an example of, of, of an ideological-driven uh, 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 it's ideological driven power in contrast to democracy. In other words, there was nobody calling for this across Canada. And if they were, they were in such a small minority. And that doesn't mean we don't protect minorities. But when you give preference over one over the other, that is a clear violation of separation of church and state. Okay? But then again, and, and I've just made the statement that a, it's, a, it's an ideological uh, uh, decision that is uh, uh, driven by, you know, it's a top-down thing, and it is really an affront to democracy. Now, a, a critic of that, somebody criticizing me, could say, well, yeah, but John, this is a duly elected government. Yeah, you're right. Okay, you're right. It's a duly elected government. But nobody, nobody, and please, if you disagree with me, call in. I want to hear the other side. I don't remember any, I don't remember anybody asking our political leaders to give preference over Islam above every other uh, uh, religion across Canada when it comes to critiquing and criticizing the things that we disagree with in Islam. Okay? I don't remember that being a platform. And uh, some of us believe that this is a clear abuse of, of, of the powers that, you know, we invest in these people when we vote them in. And uh, a lot of us, we don't like it when they pull stunts like this that uh, we didn't expect. And uh, Terry Orchard, again, is uh, 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 done a ton of work on this, real good friend of the show, and uh, he's been with us for a while, and uh, he, we're going to talk exclusively about it next uh, week for at least about a half hour. Somebody on, uh, in fact, it's, it, it's, the guy's name is Doug Weatherston. Now, Doug, I think you follow me on Twitter, and you may even be listening to the broadcast tonight, but Doug tweeted out something that I had to retweet. And, and, and you follow me on Twitter, you saw this about three hours ago. And uh, for a guy who was an atheist, and for a guy who, you know, advanced the cause of atheism, I'll tell you, the French uh, philosopher Voltaire, he said a lot of things that I, that I agree with, Okay. I mean, he was the guy that said, you know, I may disagree with you, but I will uh, fight to the death to defend your right to freedom of speech and to express your opinion. Now, that guy may not have the same beliefs as me as far as God is concerned, but we're in total agreement on that. And he had another quote that was tweeted out uh, earlier tonight. And, of course, those of you who don't follow me on Twitter, well, uh, you know, you, you ought to because you'd be better prepped to, you know, enjoy the program. Uh, but uh, you got to hear this. And it, you talk about being appropriate and relevant to uh, Bill M103. Uh, this is terrific here. To learn who rules over you. In other words, if you want to know who really rules over you, to learn who rules over you, simply find out who you are not allowed to criticize. Now, factions within Islam, you know, that interpret, you know, who believe that global jihad means that they want to take over the world and by force if they, if they have to, okay, factions within Islam that believe that, they know of this quote. And they know that bills like M103 is the slow introduction to Sharia law into Western democracies. And so-called liberal tolerance is one of their greatest allies. 
And let me give you the quote again, okay? Because I believe this to be totally true. I think they got way, 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 well, they've been given more authority than ever, uh, than some of us ever dreamed they could have. To learn who rules over you, simply find out who you are not allowed to criticize. And that is, that is exactly what Bill M-103 is all about. You can't criticize this specific religion. It's not a multi-faith thing. It's not a, it's not a all faiths are you know, equal under the government type thing. No, 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 no. It is, it is direct preference to one. In fact, me pointing out that difference right now could be interpreted as unfair criticism towards Islam under the new legislation. Can you believe that? Silence all, all opposition, all criticism. And if that is an affront to freedom of speech, well then, I guess we're further down the road to what uh, 1984 was all about when George Orwell wrote about it, uh, you know, back in the 40s. And it seems to be going that way, doesn't it? You're listening to Late Night Council on, well, I guess you already know, it's on, it's on uh, LateNightCouncil.com. I'm going to take a break. I got an information uh, uh, break to inform you about. And uh, uh, waiting for your calls, 343-743-390. Now, if the calls don't come in, remember, I've told you many times, if you listen to this program, if you need calls to make a talk radio show go, you shouldn't be on the air. So I can make it go by myself. It's way more fun if you call in. If you got something to say, if you got a question, if you whatever's on your mind, it's open line, open topic. It is Ask the Pastor format. If you're not familiar with that, well, keep listening. You'll learn. And I'll be back in about uh, ooh, two, three minutes, and uh, you, you just stay right where you are. Or maybe call a friend and say, hey, get listen to counsel. You know, it's way better than listening to the podcast. Stay with us. and taking a much-needed break with this here pre-recorded message. You can get a line right now while I'm doing that. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. That's uh, the Capital Region line. That's Ottawa, Gatineau, and close by. If you live far away, the toll-free line all across North America, 1-844-LNC is on. That's one 844 562-4766. Our call service is automated. So you won't be talking to a live person until you're on air. Now don't sweat that. Just follow the on-air prompts and uh, you'll be fine. Trust me, you've handled this kind of technology before. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. You can connect with us live at tuneinradio.com or Google Play or just click the listen live button at latenightcouncil.com. But you know, chances are you've already done that. Just kind of a reminder.
Late night council does not exist without advertisers. So if you want to buy time, email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com. And the rates are so cheap because, you know, we're just relaunching and getting things going again. You are going to absolutely love the rates. And, of course, your feedback is always welcome. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And thanks for tuning in. We're back live in just a few seconds. So hang in there. Welcome back. This is Late Night Council. It's Ask the Pastor. 343-700-4390. If you want to get in on this, that's 343-700-4390. That's the number to call in. This is live right now. It is 9.21 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Sunday, March the 12th, 2017. And if that's the date, while you're listening to it, you're listening to it live. 343-743-90. If you're in the capital region, you want to join us? You got a hot question? You want to play Stump the Pastor? Go for it. 1-844-562-4766. That's the number for all across North America. That's 1-844-562-4766. Now, last week, and I didn't get any bites on this, okay, but I want to put it out there again because I'd really like to have this discussion if you want to have it. Now, if you don't want to have it, we'll move on to something else because that's the way good talk radio works, okay? Um, as most of you know, The Shack, the movie version of the book that sold gazillions of copies, okay, about uh, four or five years ago, uh, was released, I believe, last weekend. I am still looking for somebody that has seen that movie, okay? I am looking for somebody that's seen that movie that will call in and tell us about it. I want your kind of mini review on it. I've got some questions to ask you about that movie, The Shack, okay? Nothing that you can't handle. Okay, don't get nervous about calling in. When you call in, I mean, you're my guest. I'm thrilled to have you on. It's not like I'm going to, you know, badger you and give you a hard time. Unless, you know, crank callers. We have a way of having, handling crank callers. We can handle that. And you know what? I don't mind them calling in that, that every once in a while either because that kind of gives it a kind of a fun, raw edge to it, you know? And uh, there are a lot of people that listen to talk radio want to know how, you know, a, a talk show host is going to handle a crank caller when he calls in. Anyway, so, I mean, that'll happen. It, it does happen. You can't prevent it from happening. So we have our ways of dealing with it here. Trust me. Um, but if you have seen The Shack, I want to hear from you, okay? Uh, now, if you've read the book, that's fine. Look at millions, millions of people have read the book in North America. I mean, chances are a good... Oh, maybe even 25 to 50% of people listening to the show right now have read the, uh, the book, The Shack. But the movie, I, I want to I talk to people because the movie, because more people go to movies than will spend the time reading an entire novel. 
Like the, the, the potential audience for people to hear the message of the shack through the movie is far greater than the, the, the novel could ever hope to be. And, uh, uh, of course, there is, uh, uh, there's real controversy. If you are in the uh, – it's never mainstream media because mainstream media is concerned with bucks and uh, it will sell its soul and give you garbage just to make money. Uh, but there is some really, really good media sources out there, particularly coming from a faith perspective. Uh, and on those media uh, uh, venues, there's a ton of controversy. People are really – in fact, I was, got into a discussion today with somebody who's really upset that, you know, God in the shack is depicted as an elderly black woman. That's not the way he's depicted in the Bible, they say. Well, that's true, you know. And uh, I've said my piece on it. Look, at it's an allegory, okay? And it is the guy tells a story to, to communicate what I believe is a deeper, more meaningful, powerful biblical truth. And I said this last week, and I'll say it again. And I've been, I've been familiar with Christian literature all my life. And uh, there are good writers and there are bad writers. And uh, Mr. Young, who wrote The Shack, I don't remember, well, probably the most eloquent uh, 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 stuff I've ever read on handling suffering and grief uh, came from C.S. Lewis when he wrote the book uh, A Grief Observed, when he lost his wife and he wrote about it, and Dietrich Bonhoeffer when he talks about suffering and the cost of discipleship. Those are the two greatest works on the theology of suffering I've ever read. And I would put the shack, you know, when God starts describing to the main character what it means to suffer and, and God's love through suffering and what suffering can do to somebody who surrenders their life to Christ. Uh, it, it's some of the most eloquent and powerful writing I've ever read in my life, ever, ever. Now, that's just my opinion. If you've got a different one, of course, I want to hear from you. But I really would like to talk to somebody, and I may put this call out for the next two or three or four weeks until it's had its run, until I get to talk to somebody about uh, the shack and whether they've seen it or not. And if you've seen it, please call in, 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390 if you're in the Capital Region. I say that because 343, if you're listening from North America, that's a brand new area code we've got in the Capital Region here. We've been 613 ever since, you know, the phone's were installed decades ago, uh, but 343 is a new area code here. That is the capital region, 343-700-4390. And if you're calling from everywhere else in North America, one 562 That's one 562 JC at is the email address. And JW Council, simply JW Council, is the Twitter exchange. Now, speaking of depictions of God... And speaking of, you know, what is God really like? Um, you know, the whole transgender uh, uh, controversy and, and, you know, the rights of transgendered individuals has been, you know, front line and center and getting more and more, more and more uh, uh, media run and uh, uh, churches and people of faith, you know, they've been kind of blindsided by this into accepting, you know, you've got to... You gotta, in other words, you've gotta, uh, uh, you've gotta uh, uh, address people not what you know they've been created as and what their DNA says they are, male or female, because there is no do, uh, uh, divisions. Even people you know that are born with uh, you know, and this is really really rare, hermaphrodites that are born with dual sex, uh, male and female uh, 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 sex organs. Even those individuals either have male chromosomes or female chromosomes. So uh, this is something that we're all familiar with it. Any of us that, that you know, has been uh, uh, 
keeping abreast of, of you know, uh, what's going on in the news. And uh, last week, or just this week that's passed, a Texas pastor opposing a controversial transgender bathroom bill, and I'm quoting from the article from Christian Post here, it's written by Leonardo Blair, a Texas pastor opposing a controversial transgender bathroom bill. Now, you think when you hear me say transgender, you think right away, right away, because we've all heard so many of these. Okay, transgender bathrooms. You know, these are bathrooms where everybody can go in whenever you want. Or there's, you know, the 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 controversial bills are taking the restrictions off of bathrooms. In other words, if they have male or female only bathrooms, well, that violates, according to these people, that violates the rights of transgender people because they don't consider themselves either. So, uh, you know, that is, you're not respecting them. Well, in Texas and in a number of other states, there's been a pushback, a, a very strong pushback from people who are saying, hold it, wait a second. Biology says there are only two gender genders. You know, whether, you know, you want to take hormone shots, get surgery done, and have injections and hormone treatments, that's not going to change your DNA. That's not going to change that every chromosome and every cell in your body is either male or female, okay? And this is not just a religious thing that's causing this pushback. There's people that are, wouldn't call themselves of any faith whatsoever, okay? They don't believe in God, but they understand science, and they say, well, this is not right. You know, it's, it's right to be kind to everybody, no matter what their gender confusion is all about or what they think they are. But when it comes down to gender, there's really only male or female. So now there's, and the mainstream media calls it controversial bills because of the pushback. Now, I want to talk about that, and I want to share a little bit more of this article with you. But we're coming up to the break time here where I want to play a tune. So that's coming, and I'm going to give it to you. And uh, since I've come back three weeks ago, and if you've got some comments on the whole transgender issue and the biblical perspective or the faith perspective or the common sense perspective, or how about this, the compassionate perspective, okay? If you got any comments on that, I want to hear from you, 343-700-4390, before I go into some of the material that I have prepared and done some research on this week, and I think it's really, really good. Uh, before we do that, I've had the pleasure the last three weeks of playing some of my favorite tunes. Tunes that I really want, you know, to, 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 to not only maybe entertain you, but, you know, definitely keep you listening during the break because I don't want you to take the attitude of, oh, council's on a break. And we don't have ads yet, okay? And until we have ads, once we have ads, that means that the show is becoming sustainable and uh, we can keep doing this. But until we have ads, man, I want to have some fun with you and uh, provide you with stuff that will keep you tuned in. So I, I've got some really, really good uh, fun stuff here. I was listening. We were getting ready for a, a, a do that we were having at our house today. Had a bunch of people over. And um, um, while we're getting ready in the kitchen, I had my playlist going. And I played a tune. I played a tune by a, by a group called the Blackwood Brothers. Anybody remember the Blackwood Brothers? The Blackwood Brothers were an old Southern gospel quartet. Oh, they went for 30, 40 years in different, uh, you know, different configurations. But back in the 70s and the 80s, my dad, the church that he pastored, he would have the Blackwood Brothers come in and sing every once in a while. And I remember even going back to the 60s when I was five, six years old, my parents had this album by the Blackwood Brothers, okay? And this is, of course, back then, you know, they really didn't like rock and roll. So we didn't have a lot of rock and roll in my house when we were little. You know, when we were older, we could buy our own records, you know, and stuff like that. It kind of changed. But back then, I remember moving and grooving 
to the Blackwood Brothers, and I'm going to let you move and groove to the Blackwood Brothers and give you a little bit of a taste just for a few minutes while I catch my breath. This is the Blackwood Brothers. It's from oh, early 1960s. It's called Angels Watching Over Me. Yeah, good luck trying to find that online. You're going to really struggle, I'm telling you, okay? Was that too cheesy for you? Was that too, like, old time for you? As for all you grandmothers out there that were listening, okay? That's the Blackwood Brothers. Oh, I got more Blackwood Brothers in the hamper, man. You're going to be hearing more of that, you know, on, in, you know in, in, further, in, in future programs. Fun stuff. The fun stuff. You know, it's too cheesy? That's your problem, okay? Uh, and, and I'm not going to confine, if I'm playing tunes here while, you know, before we start, you know, running ads, I am not going to confine the music to just one genre here. I'm going to kind of spread it out as much as uh, uh, we can because a man cannot live by rock and roll alone. I know that's not scripture, but it's true, okay? 343-700-4390. It's Late Night Council. It's Ask the Pastor today. 343-700-4390. That's the Capital Region number. 844-1844-5624-766. That is the long distance line. That's one 844 lnc is on Okay? one 844 is on If you go by the letters, it's 562-4766 if you go by the numbers. one 844 number is good for all across uh, uh, North America. Now, before uh, we took that little uh, music interlude there, uh, the whole transgender thing, okay? So, a Texas pastor is opposing a controversial transgender bathroom bill that would require individuals to use public restrooms based on biological sex. Can you imagine? They got a bill now that says individuals have to go to restrooms based on their biological sex. 
Oh, doesn't that sound hateful to you? Doesn't that sound discriminatory? Doesn't that sound just, oh, just such a horrible, hatred, hateful, primitive society that we live in? That they've actually got a bill in Texas now that is going to mandate that if you want to use a public bathroom, you got to go based on your biological sex, okay? So I, I continue back with the wording of the article here. A Texas pastor opposing a controversial transgender bill, a transgender bathroom bill that would require individuals to use public restrooms based on biological sex, protested the bill with hundreds of LGBTQ advocates last Tuesday, declaring, and this is what he said in his public speech, that God is transgender. God is transgender. Now, don't roll your eyes, okay? Because I've got some comments on this, and some of you might get a little ticked off with the comments I've got here. Because the guy might be onto something. Anyway, I digress, and I continue here. Senate Bill 6, proposed last January in Texas, would require everyone to use bathrooms in public schools, government buildings, and public universities based on biological sex, according to the Texas Tribune. The measure would also preempt local non-discrimination ordinances that allow transgender Texans to use the bathroom that corresponds with their gender identity. Now, before you go rolling your eyes and saying, oh, yeah, we've seen this, we've got, you know, I guess there's no way you can fight this because they've kind of, you know, special interest groups have taken over and, you know, uh, we've got it even being taught and forced, not just taught, but forced in our public school system here in Ontario, that there are at least, what, it's up to 21 genders now. Your gender is whatever you decide it to be. And boy, you're going to call people by the gender that they want to be referred to, or you're going to th- they're going to throw your sorry button in, in front of a human rights court. Okay? Now, this guy, this guy's name's David Wynn down in Fort Worth, Texas, that says God's transgendered. Okay? He is partly right. You know that, eh? He's partly right. I mean, think about it now. How in, how in God's creation could the God that is bigger and more powerful than all the universe, that created everything, okay, how could he be confined to just one gender? He couldn't. In fact, the Bible says in, in Genesis 1.27, let us make man in our image. We'll make them male and female, okay? Now it says, let us make man, and, you know, so it's plural, and most interpreters uh, you, throughout all of church history have interpreted that, that uh, plural uh, 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 Hebrew name of God, okay, to, to mean the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, okay? But when it comes to God creator, okay, you can't confine him to a gender. However, however, and this is where, you know, many of us who, you know, who got a good grasp on church history and understand what the original meaning of the, of the, of the Hebrew in the Genesis uh, uh, is referring to, God always wanted his creation to be referring to himself as Father. In fact, all of the biblical writers refer to God as a he. So to try and take away God's preference in his word to be referred to in the male gender Really, I think there's a strong case to be made that that's a spit in the face of God. It really is. And a lot of us would say, you know, that, that's advancing an agenda that has zero biblical support whatsoever. None, as a matter of fact. Okay? Now, the Reverend David S. Wynn, a senior pastor from Agape Metropolitan Community Church, 
in Fort Worth, Texas, lashed out at the bill in solidarity with hundreds of LGBTQ advocates protesting the bill outside the state capitol in Austin, Texas. Okay, and he quotes that scripture that I just quoted. In the beginning, God created humankind in God's image. So God is transgender, Wynne told the crowd, which roared in approval. We are all created in the image of what is holy and divine and sacred, and we should be all treated that way. Now that makes sense, doesn't it? You may disagree with what he's saying there, but you, how can you disagree with when he says we're all created in the image of what is holy and divine and sacred, and we should all be treated that way? I totally agree with that, okay? But the problem is we were created in the image of something that was holy, divine, and sacred. I have to remind David Wynn that Adam and Eve, they got kicked out of paradise for being disobedient to the divine and the sacred. And God, through his word, makes it very clear what he expects of us. He says, this is right, this is wrong. And he goes through the entire Old Testament with all sorts of laws and sacrifices to drive home the magnificence of the cross of Jesus Christ. The Old Testament is one big, long historical record of how much God hates sin, and yet how much God is willing to forgive sin. And how the price for this horrible thing called sin, he would never compromise with it. He would never, you know, compromise his own holiness and sacredness for the sake of sin because he hates sin so much. He knows what sin does. It destroys people. It kills people. It corrupts everything it touches. In fact, it's so horrible, God made the decision, I would rather take on human form and pay my own price for sin. I would rather shed my own blood, which is perfect, and pay the price for sin. I would rather do that than compromise with this horrible thing called sin because he's a holy, righteous God. He cannot tolerate sin. So by his own laws of justice, the only redemption that could ever take place would be if he took on human form himself because only he is holy, only he is perfect. And he sheds his own blood through Jesus Christ to pay the price for sin. But when David Wynn says we're all created in the image of God and we should all be treated that way, I, of course we should be treating you know, people that are bound by sin and deceived by sin wonderfully. I mean, what did Jesus say? When you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. What did he say? He said, you know, they're going to know you're my disciples. And know, in other words, not just Christians, not just, you know, hangers on that, you know, show up at church every Sunday and think they're doing God a favor. No, he said, they're going to know you're my disciples. In other words, they're going to know you're serious about following me if you have love one toward another. We're going to stop using God. Listen to this. This is some of the verbiage that you've probably already heard. And, you know, some of these people that, uh, you know, want to just break down the barriers when it comes to gender. We're going to stop using God as an excuse to hate people. You heard those kind of lines before? This is what David Wynn said. Okay? Going to stop using God as an excuse to hate people. If God hates all the same people you do, then you're then you've created God in your image. And, you know, that, and what he's saying is basically true, but really, that's typical, that's a typical demonic lie and deception. And the devil usually takes a truth and kind of perverts it just a little bit, puts a spin on it, because on the surface, it makes sense. If God hates all the same people you do, then you've created God in your own image. I agree with that. That's true. 
But when he says we're going to stop using God as an excuse to hate people, I, I go, and now think about it for a second. Hey, just a second. When does disagreeing with someone, you know, when does disagreeing with somebody on a moral ground or on a moral issue, when does disagreeing with somebody, when does that turn into hate? And, and how, how does David win or groups like him that whenever you disagree with what they're doing, immediately you're labeled as hateful? I don't, we don't hate anybody. People that follow Christ love sinners. In fact, Jesus was known as a friend of sinners. Just because I disagree with your, you know, on what you think is right or wrong, since when does that make me hateful? And how do groups like that, like these people, how do they get away with making those accusations? How do they get away with labeling their enemies hateful? How come nobody holds them to account and says, whoa, hey, that's a pretty strong word there. You know, those Christians there, they may disagree with you, but don't accuse them of hating you. Now, let me ask you something else, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. When you accuse someone of hate, doesn't, doesn't that mean that, you know, I mean, doesn't that mean that, isn't that a hateful thing to do? When you accuse somebody of hate who simply disagrees with you and has another opinion, in fact, Christians, you know, have demonstrated for centuries that they love their enemies. They love people that disagree with them. They know that the only way that the light of Jesus Christ and the transforming power of the gospel will ever have its way is if we love our enemies. I mean, this is crucial. This is central to what a believer in Christ is all about. So when I get accused because I disagree with somebody on their morality, since when does that become hate? And how come those groups get away? How can they get away with calling their enemies hateful? And is that not itself? And I'm asking the question. I don't know. I want to hear what your thoughts are. When somebody accuses everybody that disagrees with them as hate speech or hateful, I don't know, that sounds pretty hateful to me. Doesn't it? I'm asking here. I don't know. Now, this issue's got a lot more to it because, man, this is states here. As crazy as this sounds, this whole transgender thing and this bill that Texas wants to pass that if you're in a public place... You know, you will ha- you will go to a, a washroom, a bathroom, that, you know, whatever your biological gender is, okay? You'll never believe who's getting involved in this. Now, this is going to come from right out in left field here, but here it comes. The National Football League is involved in this. Yeah, I'm not kidding. And you'll hear a little you'll hear a little bit more about that, okay? When we come back from this break here, you're going to hear how the National Football League, okay, is actually involved in this issue and we're going to talk more about it and your phone calls as well. 343-743-90. That's 343-743-90. 1844-562-4766. That's the long distance line. That's 1844-562-4766. You're listening to Late Night Council. It's Ask the Pastor. We're live until 11 p.m. unless the phone lines are jammed up. We might go later. I don't know, okay? You got to hear the rest of this story though. You stay right where we are. We're going to have an information break. We'll be right back. Stay with us.
So I'm reloading and taking a much-needed break with this here pre-recorded message. You can get a line right now while I'm doing that. 343-743-390. That's 343-743-390. That's uh, the Capital Region line. That's Ottawa, Gatineau, and close by. If you live far away, the toll-free line all across North America. 1-844-LNC is on. That's 1-844-562-4766. 1-844-562-4766. Our call service is automated. So you won't be talking to a live person until you're on air. Now, don't sweat that. Just follow the on-air prompts, and uh, you'll be fine. Trust me, you've handled this kind of technology before. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. You can connect with us live at tuneinradio.com or Google Play, or just click the Listen Live button at latenightcouncil.com. But, you know, chances are you've already done that. Just kind of a reminder. Council does not exist without advertisers. So if you want to buy time, email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com. And the rates are so cheap because, you know, we're just relaunching and getting things going again. You are going to absolutely love the rates. And, of course, your feedback is always welcome. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And thanks for tuning in. We're back live in just a few seconds. So hang in there. Welcome back. 343-700-4390 is the Capital Region number. 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766. That's long distance. 1-844-562-4766. This is Late Night Council. You can drop me an email. It's got to be under six lines. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. And uh, you can tweet at me at JWCouncil. And, of course, I'll get your Twitter handle out there, and you'll get way more followers, and you'll feel good about yourself. So uh, back to this, if you're just joining us. Um, 
We've been talking about uh, in, in Texas, um, there's a bill that's going through the state legislature right now that, and it's a pushback for all of these, you know, like uh, um, uh, LGBTQ uh, um, um, groups that want public places to be conducive to their, what they describe as their gender identity. So the government of Texas has said no. If you use a public washroom in the state of Texas, you go to the bathroom that you are biologically. If you've been taking hormone shots and you've gotten surgery and you you were born a male and every chromosome in your body says that you're a male, but you, you know, are going around telling people that you are and taking, you know, great steps to make people think that you are a female. Doesn't matter. You are going to go to the washroom that you were that you are of, of your biological gender. Okay. Now I mentioned just before the break that the NFL, the national football league has gotten involved in this. And, and this is mind blowing. I'm just going to give you the, the, the report as it is in Christian post.com in February, in February, a coalition of pastors known as the Texas pastors council that spearheaded the defeat of a Houston equal rights ordinance known as the Bathroom Bill, publicly rebuked the National Football League after the organization threatened to make Texas pay if the state passed this bill. We demand to know what role the NFL has in dictating the values of Texas, interfering with something outside of regulating their own sport and placing our women and children in harm's way to give preference to one-tenth of one percent who are confused about their gender, they said in a statement. Now, you know, you know, critics of this type of philosophy that I just quoted this behind this bill, they're going to go around saying, that's hateful, that's hateful. No, it's not hateful. We just disagree, okay? Nobody's hating anybody here. I mean, just because we don't accept your version of what human rights are, okay, that doesn't mean we hate anybody. In fact, I am deeply and profoundly insulted when I get accused of hate, when I know I couldn't be a follower of Christ if I hate anybody, especially people that disagree with me. And to be labeled as hateful, in my opinion, I think that's hateful in itself. But that's okay, I'm a Christian. I'll forgive you for hating me. I have no option. And I won't even hold it against you. But stop doing that. It's wrong. So anyway, back to the NFL, okay? If the NFL's values include requiring that men can use women's restrooms, we have a special message for the commissioner and NFL spokesman Brian McCarthy. I guess he's the spokesperson that was dealing with this in the state. Pastors of every color and every corner of this state are declaring that we choose mothers over money, daughters over dollars, and privacy over predators. Texans love football, but we love our God, our freedom, and our families more. If we are forced to choose, then we will say to the NFL and other sports organizations or lobby groups, don't let the ticket gate hit you on the way out of Texas, the diverse coalition of pastors added. Now, please, this is not hyperbole here. We're not hearing much of this because, you know, our Canadian media makes sure that this kind of news is filtered because they know what's best for you. There's no way they're going to cover this kind of story. And if they do, they're going to portray anybody 
anybody that thinks that, you know, biological gender is the way to go, they're going to portray those people as hateful, as Neanderthals. That's the only way you're going to hear about this in Canadian mainstream media, okay? So you're not going to hear about that at all from this perspective. But this is no small thing that's going down there. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys... What was the last, I think? The Dallas Cowboys are worth something like $3.2, $3.3 billion. The Houston Texans haven't been around as long, but they're worth about a billion and a half. The revenue that those two teams generate is incredible. So if the NFL wants to, and I agree with these pastors, that you know, the NFL, stick to what you do good, you know? Run your baseball, run your football empire. And even though you can't always tell between, you know, what, whether footballs are inflated or not, and even though you've got all sorts of your players up on criminal charges and taking drugs and, you know, known to uh, do really pretty nasty things, and, you know, they, it's quite questionable on how they discipline and how they run their league. But that's their business. They can run their league the way they want. When it comes to morality, when it comes to what, you know, gender is, when it comes to families and how parents should raise their children, since when does the NFL have any freaking credibility? On those type of matters. But that's a political thing, isn't it? 343-700-4390 is the number to call. That's 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766 is the number to call. That's 1-844-562-4766. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. Keep it under six lines. And hopefully, you know, if it's airworthy. And folks, remember, just because it's under six lines doesn't mean it automatically gets on the air. It's got to be airworthy, okay? And hopefully it will be. But you won't know unless you send an email in. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. And you can tweet at me at JWCouncil. Got a great tune for you. We're coming up to the top of the hour here. And I like taking these musical interludes. I mean, why would I... Why would I put out, you know, if, if we don't have ads to run, because once we have ads to run, that's a good sign. That means that people are investing in the show and it's, it's, it's getting some legs to it and, you know, it's going to be sustainable. I mean, we can go like this without any ads. We could probably go for a little while, you know. I mean, it's a miracle I'm even on the air at all. And uh, God keeps sustaining this thing. I remember when I got let go at Bell Media, I tweeted out, and some of you might remember, I tweeted out and I said, you know, a Bell, Media, Bell Media thinks they're in charge. No, they're not. God is. And he always will be. So as long as God wants me on the air, I'll be on the air. But it does make it a little easier for us if we have ads. But in the meantime, I don't want to whine and complain about not having ads. In fact, I want to have a good time, and I get to share some fun tunes with you. And when you're on the right side, it's a, it's a good thing, you know. And I don't always know, you know when you're on the right side, but when you're on the right side, he kind of carries you. He kind of sustains you. In fact, he doesn't want people who follow him getting involved in, in, in you know, like, not giving into like, uh, hating your enemies, you know, being deceptive, being political. I mean, look at the example of Christ. He told his followers, I want you loving your enemies. It said in Romans 12, as far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. He taught turning the other cheek. He taught, you know, if, you're, if your enemy takes your cloak, give him your shirt too. If he asks you to walk a mile, walk an extra mile. And how we live that out and how we, you know, do it, you know, well, he set forth the example. And if you're in a loving group of people, which, you know, he called a church, you know, and when a lot of people are doing it, it makes it a lot easier. And it's very, very encouraging. But when you make that choice to go down that road, 
to let God fight your battle. It doesn't mean you compromise your standards. It doesn't mean you, you, know, you fight for what's right, but you can fight for what's right with, in a very loving way, in a very compassionate way, a very kind way. He's promised that he's, he's not going to let you fall. That's what the next tune's about. Maranatha Singers, they're out of California. I've mentioned before that I was in a band for years that we did a lot of their numbers, and uh, we never did this tune. But uh, this has been always one of my favorites. I think you're going to like it. And I wouldn't put it on there if I didn't think you'd like it. So enjoy. This is, what a great title here. He will not let you fall. Yeah, Council, someday you're going to learn how to work this system here so it works properly. Here it comes again. Thank you for your amazing patience with me.
I sing that song a lot before I put salt on the on the walkway and on the driveway at home. You know, <laughs> as the the another tune that's really really hard to find. Some of these tunes that I play for you on on uh, on uh, on the show really really hard to find. You, you are not going to find. Uh, well, you can give it a try. The Maranatha Singers that comes from a series of albums called Psalms Alive. That was on Psalms Alive Two. There's Psalms Alive One, Two, and Three. I don't know if there's a four or not. But I remember looking for the CD package that came out. The last one came out in 1993 or two or one around there. And I remember looking for the CD package on eBay. And for the three CD set for Psalms Alive 1, 2, and 3, they wanted 197 bucks. 197 bucks. And I had already paid for the album and the cassette tape. And now they want me to pay again for the CD version. Uh-uh. No, not going to do it. Even if it is, you know, Christian stuff, but that's, a, you know, another topic. You want to talk about on, you know, downloading tunes and et cetera, you know, if you think that, you know, the, we should go down that road as far as ethics and morality is concerned, and if you want the biblical perspective on that, you want to go down that road, we've talked about, I've talked about that at length on other Ask the Pastor type shows or whatever else is on your mind tonight, 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. 1844, that's the capital region. 343 700 4390. You don't need a one for that. You get right through with that. 343 700 4390. 1844 is the long distance line. It's good for all over North America. 1844 562 4766. You can email me, JC, at late night That's JC at late night And you can tweet at me at JWCouncil. Whatever's on your mind. One of my favorite Disney movies. Uh, now, a lot of you know my son works for Disney. He's an animator for Disney. And uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I, I, I tweeted out uh, him posing with uh, uh, the director and the head writer of Zootopia. And uh, uh, he's in there like a dirty shirt there. He's one of the uh, he's names on the credits twice in Zootopia. And Zootopia won the, uh, the Oscar for Best Animated Feature. And uh, so I've always had a soft spot for, for, for Disney. And uh, although I, I don't, you know, Disney is a business that makes money. And uh, just because my son works there doesn't mean I agree with everything that they do. But one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite Disney movies has always been Beauty and the Beast. Okay? And as a matter of fact, I, I remember, you know, the, the original... Angela Lansbury version of the title track, Beauty and the Beast, Tale as Old as Time. You know, I won't sing it. It's okay. And I, I'm a big softie, and I don't, I don't mind admitting it. it. Always brings a tear to my eye. If I'm driving in the car, and, and the way I listen to music, usually I'm listening to sports radio when I'm in the car. Um, but if I want to listen to music, I do not listen to FM music. I have, I have my iPod. My iPod has about, eh, on my hard drive, I got about 4,500 songs. And the way I listen to music is my iPod plays in my car and it just cycles through. It takes about, oh, it takes about a year or two to cycle through all those, to- all those songs. Try to imagine a radio station that plays nothing but your favorite tunes and no commercials. That's what my music experience is when I drive around. And if I'm driving around and Beauty and the Beast comes on, because it's on, you know, it's one of the songs that I have. Yes, I know some of that might blow some of you away. I have more than just rock and roll on my, on my iPod, although most of it is rock and roll. But anyway, when Beauty and the Beast comes on, given the right moment, it usually brings a tear to my eye. 
Why is that? I just love the story of, you know, somebody who's been forgotten, who's been outcast and who's cursed, ends up living happily ever after. In fact, I would even put God into it. I know it's got nothing to do with God from Beauty and the Beast. But really, when you believe in God, you believe he's sovereign over everything. And he has his ways. He works in mysterious ways. And God, it seems, likes to be anonymous. He likes to people to discover him by faith. And when they find out about Jesus Christ, and when they find out that God actually did take on human form, and he rose from the dead, and 11 disciples who were scared to death that they were next, and they wouldn't be caught dead except for the youngest one around the cross when they were torturing Jesus to death. The disciples couldn't be found anywhere. Why? Because they were scared to death that the Romans were coming after them next. And all of a sudden, these chicken disciples have this, what I would describe as one of the greatest miracles in the Bible. They have a psychological miracle take place in their life. They transform from people who were scared to death that they're going to be tortured next. Six weeks later, Peter, the one that denies Christ three times, gets up in front of thousands of people in Jerusalem, points his finger at the Pharisees, points his fingers at the, at, you know, uh, the Romans and said, this Christ that you crucified, we have seen him rise from the dead, and we are witnesses to that and his power. To me, that is the greatest, that is the greatest Evidence for the resurrection, the psychological impact. There's no way in the world, because you gotta, you got to remember, Rome ruled everywhere with an iron hand, okay? They could execute any, anybody they wanted at any time, and there was no democracy, there was no human rights courts, there was nobody going to call them to account. They ruled with a rod of iron. And here's this, here's this uneducated hillbilly preacher, because that's what people from Galilee were considered in Jerusalem. Here's this guy who probably talks with a, with a, a southern twang. Well, then it would have been a northern twang. They would have known. In fact, they even says in Scripture that, you know, you were with Jesus because your accent gives you away. Here's this uneducated fisherman getting up and pointing his finger at the Romans, and pointing, and he's got the backing of his entire, of all the disciples, and, thou, and up till then, hundreds of people that were followers of Christ, they're not afraid of anything. You can't tell me for a second that those people would go under that kind of psychological transformation for a hoax. Hey, let's cook up this idea that he rose from the dead, you know? Yeah, I'm willing to risk my life for that under the Romans. Yeah, I'm willing to, you know, to go to my death for a hoax. No, 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 no. Because when they saw Jesus rise from the dead, they realized, hey, we're not afraid of death anymore because death has been conquered from our Savior. So that's why I believe that even when I see a movie like Beauty and the Beast, I believe in the sovereignty of God. I believe that that beautiful story of the underdog that comes back and lives happily ever after and gets the princess. And, you know, this maligned girl, you know, who loved her books and everything, she gets this, she, you know, she's got this wonderful heart. And she sees, you know, this wonderful heart in this beastly guy. And they all live happily. I just love that. It's a, it's a beautiful, delightful story. The curse of evil, you know, hurting everybody. But it's not good. Anything that's really good comes from God. I can see God in that kind of thing. So I'm really moved by the story. Why am I bringing it up here? Well, well, <laughs> Franklin Graham, our beloved Franklin Graham, who was here for, in the capital region for Rock the River, oh, about five years ago, four years ago. And, of course, his father, Billy Graham, 
did the whole mission out at what was then the Corral Center. Tens of thousands of people hearing the gospel. In fact, I came in on the tail end of that. I moved to Ottawa in uh, uh, January 99. And I believe he was there in the fall of 98. So I missed him for, you know, missed him by a few months. Or maybe it was 97, I can't remember. But I felt the ripple effects of the Billy Graham mission here in the Capital Region. And I'm told by all my colleagues in ministry here in the Capital Region that there is nothing that happened, there's nothing that's happened in this region in the last 50 years that united churches more than Billy Graham coming to Ottawa. And Franklin Graham... You know, and people, Franklin Graham gets criticized because people say he's a little bit more political. He's a little bit more, you know, socially involved with, uh, uh, you know, with culture than Billy was. But they get a short memory because Franklin is exactly what Billy was in the 50s and the 60s. When Billy Graham was making a name for himself and doing these great big missions and packing out L.A. Memorial Coliseum, for instance, and Shea Stadium in New York and other huge venues, people coming to hear the gospel. He took pretty strong stands on social issues. He mellowed out more in his, in his senior years, in, when, in, you know, in the 90s and in, the, in the, the, the early turn of the century. I mean, he's 97, 98 right now. He was preaching up until the time he was 90, publicly. And he mellowed his message and much more of the love of God. But when he was in, like, when he was Franklin's age, his son, he was really, really politically involved. And he was making some pretty bold statements that were less controversial back then because, you know, uh, the culture was far more godly back then, had more respect for the Bible. Well, Franklin Graham is making the exact same statements on social issues. The only difference is the culture has changed somewhat. Well, anyway, said all that to say this. Franklin Graham, because you're wondering, what in the world are you bringing up Beauty and the Beast? What was that all about for? Well, Franklin Graham has called for Christians across North around the world. He's called for Christians to boycott the live-action version of Beauty and the Beast that's going to be released, I think, really soon if it hasn't come out already. They've got a live-action version of the movie, Beauty and the Beast, and he wants Christians to boycott it because it features a, a prominent gay character, and there's a lot of gay kissing that goes on in the movie. I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know, okay? And that, my friends, that, my friends, is what I want to talk about when we get back from this break, okay? So this is what we're going to do, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a breather, give you an information break, and when we come back, and if you want to comment on it, maybe you've not, you're privy to some of this as well, please, 343-743-90. I want to hear from you. I don't want to hear my own voice. I want to hear yours much more than I want to hear my own. 343-700-4390 in the Capital Region. That's 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766 is the long-distance line. That's 1-844-562-4766. So we're going to talk about Franklin Graham and him not wanting us to go see the live-action version of Beauty and the Beast. And hopefully I'm going to hear what you have to say about it as well. Stay with us.
So I'm reloading and taking a much-needed break with this here pre-recorded message. You can get a line right now while I'm doing that. 343-743-390. That's 343-743-390. That's uh, the Capital Region line. That's Ottawa, Gatineau, and close by. If you live far away, the toll-free line all across North America, 1-844-LNC is on. That's one 844 562-4766. Our call service is automated. So you won't be talking to a live person until you're on air. Now don't sweat that. Just follow the on-air prompts and uh, you'll be fine. Trust me, you've handled this kind of technology before. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. You can connect with us live at tuneinradio.com or Google Play or just click the listen live button at latenightcouncil.com. But you know, chances are you've already done that. Just kind of a reminder. Council does not exist without advertisers. So if you want to buy time, email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com. And the rates are so cheap because, you know, we're just relaunching and getting things going again. You are going to absolutely love the rates. And, of course, your feedback is always welcome. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And thanks for tuning in. We're back live in just a few seconds. So hang in there. thinking you know what i'm thinking the same thing i am thinking the same thing council how come we gotta listen to you man wow we want to hear more of that tune play the rest of that tune some night i'll do that okay i think that's carlton pearson it's either carlton pearson or james cleveland look those name up on look up those names on uh, youtube you will not be disappointed one night we'll play the whole tune oh i got a ton of them uh, and i hope i get to share all of them with you okay Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. Welcome back. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. That's the number to call in the capital region. 
844-1844-1844-562-4766. That's the North American toll-free line all across North America. You can call us on that exchange from just about anywhere. You can call from calls from Harmony Mills, Nova Scotia. You can call us from Lax, Georgia, China, Texas, or Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, which is an actual real place. Cactus Jack is not from there. You wrestling fans will appreciate that uh, reference there. The rest of you are scratching your head and saying, "Who the who's he?" It doesn't matter. Okay. One eight four four five six two four seven six six. That's long distance. JC at LateNightCouncil dot com, and I'm going to get to Maureen's email in just a second. And uh, you can tweet at us at JWCouncil. But as I mentioned, Franklin Graham is calling for Christians to boycott the live action version of Beauty and the Beast because it has a gay character and gay kissing. Okay. Now, of course, mainstream media has responded to this story and they have been covering it in the states of course you're not going to hear about this in canada because you know the cbc knows what is good for you and you know their cohorts in crime ctv and global and the rest you know the toronto star and the global mail and the crtc which is just you know a, a legal arm of the cbc they know what's best for you so that you know they filter out this kind of stuff they don't want you know any of that especially that christian culture that's in the states they don't want that infecting you know the the the, the pure ideological uh, you know a uh, virtue of of canadiana so you don't get that st- this stuff on on canadian news but thank god for the internet where we you know can find out what's really going on here okay the way mainstream media in the states is attacking this is oh this is hateful this is terrible you know you know there go those hateful christians again and they love throwing that term around hate okay hateful hateful you know Michael Brown did a piece on this, okay? I think it's Michael Brown. Let me see. I think it's Michael Brown that uh, wrote a whole piece on Franklin Graham here. Anyway, you can find out by going to uh, uh, the, the, the original story. is, uh, Yeah, it's Michael Brown. It's, uh, it's on the stream.com and it's on uh, uh, christianpost.com. And I'm not quoting anything out of context here. You can read the, uh, the entire article in its entirety if you go to that uh, website. It is not hate to say... And I'm really getting, I guess the theme of this program here tonight, I am I'm sick and tired, okay? When I disagree with somebody on moral grounds, when I want to practice my faith in a loving, kind, compassionate way, I mean, I think it's very, very hateful when I disagree with somebody that they call me, well, that's hate. You hate us. The reason you believe that is because you hate us. Excuse me? Since when did you were given the gift of reading minds? And I'm really coming to believe that when people throw that term around, that's hate speech, I think it's actually quite hateful for them to do that. I think they're expressing their hate for anybody that disagrees with them. I love my enemies. I know my enemies are never going to come around to the truth unless I can demonstrate to them that Christ's way of loving your enemies and praying for those that despitefully use you and blessing them that curse you and doing it and, and demonstrating, I don't th- we're never going to have peace in the world until the Spirit of Christ reigns. But in the meantime, just because I disagree with you, how dare you accuse me of hate? I know, counsel, they're accusing you of hate, now you're accusing them. I don't know, but to, to me, I would not do that. If somebody disagrees, I'm not going to assume right away they hate me. Then we just disagree. Anyway, Michael Brown says it better than me, so I'm going to quote a bit of his article here. It's not hate to say, I don't want my kids to witness a gay kiss. 
or a gay romance any more than it is hate for a Jewish atheist to say, I don't want my kids to listen to a rabbi's sermon. Or for a gay parent to say, I don't want my kids to be exposed to Bible verses that speak against homosexuality. That's not hate. That's just people exper- you know, expressing a preference. Why must all moral or spiritual differences be attributed to hatred? This is one of the most glaring and self-disqualifying aspects of LGBT activism. It is so blinded by the alleged rightness of its own position that it cannot see any rational reason for anyone to oppose it. I wouldn't say it's hateful, but I would say it's very prejudiced and bigoted. But that's just my opinion. There's the argument that we need to expose our kids to gay relationships because people that are promoting, you know, the, 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 the absolute bombardment of our children with, you know, a transgender and gay culture in media. Their argument says that we need to expose our kids to gay relationships because they're all around us today. Well, so are also things like polygamy and polyamory. Not to mention fornication, adultery, drug use, rape, racism, and so on. Do we expose our kids to all those things at the most tender ages possible, since they'll inevitably encounter some of them later in life? The question answers itself. And, you know, we don't want our kids exposed to that because they're our kids. We understand that, you know, consciences are tender. That even puberty and sexual identity is something that's very, very fluid. And it happens, you know, and, and, and sexual preference, that happens when a kid is between the ages of 8 and 14 years old. Things are being formed, and they are affected by trauma. Sometimes irreparably so. Other Christian voices representing the older generation, like Tom Gilson, and the younger generation, like Liberty MacArthur, Michael Brown quotes these people, I put those names out there because, you know, you can look them up, have suggested different ways to respond to Beauty and the Beast, which is, you know, the issue that has got this whole discussion started here. With Gilson writing that in our public conversations, we have to keep pointing back to a better way, meaning the way of Jesus. We need to learn to paint the picture better, to show the truly beautiful way, the way of strong and lasting marriages that unite in godly love to build the next generation. And MacArthur reminds us that the only way to really change culture is by fulfilling the Great Commission and introducing sinners to Jesus, which must be a neighbor out, not corporation down initiative. In other words, you introduce people to Jesus one-on-one. They see your lives. They see that you're not filled with hate. They see that you're a darn good neighbor. They see that you put yourself out for them. They see that you're not trying to, you know, you're not making judgment calls on their lifestyle. You love them unconditionally. That's what changes the world. That's what he's talking about there. Keith Green was a, oh, I love to call him. He was a real prophet. Died in a plane crash, 1983, I think it was, 82. Wrote a ton of amazing music. This guy was, I think he was the... um, when I think CBS or RCA Records, when he was like 11 years old, he was a pop star. And uh, he was in teen magazines even before he was like a teenager, like Donny Osmond, Bobby Sherman, uh, David Cassidy. About a year or two before them, this guy was, he was an incredible performer. 
And he went the Hollywood route and, and you know, had a pretty decent career. Brought up in a Jewish household. And uh, discovered Christ. Discovered how wonderful it is to know Christ. And he didn't turn into a Bible-thumping preacher. He turned into one of the most eloquent communicators of what it means to love your enemies, what it means to really follow the Christ-like life. Why am I mentioning him? Because the tune I want to play for you now is one of, it was, is one of the most beautiful tunes I've ever heard. It's one of the most descriptive tunes. Uh, what happens when people discover for themselves what Jesus Christ is really like? Not because of, of a church, not because of religion, but they find out that the risen Christ is alive and he can be experienced and he can be known. In fact, sometimes the most, you know, the greatest barrier to people discovering how wonderful Christ is, is his followers. In fact, I got a, meet, a video. You may have even seen this video. In fact, look it up on YouTube. Look it up on, in fact, you could probably watch the whole thing on YouTube. I'll bet it's up there now. It's called Jesus, Save Us From Your Followers. And lots of times at church and lots of times religion, we do a bad, bad job of communicating of how wonderful the saving grace of Jesus is. I want to play this tune for you while we do our, you know, bottom of the hour break here. And Keith Green, it, it's, it's a biographical tune of what happened when he discovered Christ and how different it, Christ was compared to everything he'd ever heard. Because remember, he was raised in a Jewish household. Pretty powerful stuff. Listen to the lyrics. Trying to build a highway to the sky All my hopes would come tumbling down And I never knew just why Until today when you pulled away the clouds That hung like curtains on my eyes But I've been blind All these wasted years And I thought I was so Searching for that crazy missing part And with one touch You just rolled away The stone that held my heart And now I see That the answer was as easy As just asking you in And I am so sure I could never doubt Your gentle touch again It's like Waking up from the long 
That is somebody that really has an incredible story. If you've never heard of Keith Green, look him up on Wikipedia. Find out about him online. This guy drove Christian music companies crazy because he insisted on giving away his music for free. He didn't want people making money off of his music, and he trusted God with his own income. And, uh, in fact, I've heard him referred to as the Christian Buddy Holly because he died in a plane crash when he uh, took some guests to his compound down in Lindale, Texas, where they were running Last Days Ministries and uh, doing more than just putting out music, putting out incredible, uh, like, uh, uh, publishing and everything, doing just a terrific work. And uh, they overloaded a plane because he wanted to show some guests the, you know, the entire... Uh, um, compound and uh, um, plane crashed him and his he had two little kids I think they were like three and five years old and uh, five other people died in that plane crash but boy did he leave a legacy of an incredible music and it wasn't just good music every one of his music every one of his pieces I would describe as prophetic in that it had a powerful, powerful message. And he, he really shook up the status quo. He really disturbed a lot of people. The whole, oh, I'll call it the religious enterprise of, of uh, the United States, you know? Like the merchandising of the gospel. Oh, the, the, that bunch, he just drove crazy. Some of us, though, that were, you know, connected with him in, in, in a remote kind of way, uh, and you know, he was a real hero because, in my opinion, he was, he was the real deal. What, he, it cost him... You know, to to uh, follow Christ, and it, and I remind people, and I don't mean to be hard on church because the, the church is God's bride. God loves the church, but I, I remind people that the, that the bunch that Jesus ticked off the most were the religious leaders, the ones that had faith all codified. And you know, you're not, you know, you're not on the in crowd unless you're believing this way and this certain way. That's why you know the Gospels say that that Christ, the common people, just adored him. He speaks as one who has authority, not like the Pharisees. And the Pharisees are portrayed by the, even the religious world of today. The religious, uh, the religious world you know, portrays the Pharisees of the Gospels as these bad guys, you know, that were just out of touch with reality. That's not the way it was at all. The, the Pharisees back in Christ's time, they were national heroes. They were the guys under the, you know, uh, through the Maccabean revolt that had driven out the Romans and, and it, you know, conquered them. And, 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 I mean, every parent during Christ's time wanted their son to grow up to be a Pharisee. And here he comes, coming against the most popular political and, uh, you know, religious movement of his day. And he says, you're a bunch of snakes. You're a brood of vipers. You're whitewashed tombstones. You look good on the outside, but you're nothing but rotten dead bones on the inside. And that's why I love Keith Green. I just love the way he shook up the religious establishment. And he did it in a way that was incredibly Christ-like. Just beautiful. Look him up. You see, you know, with the, with the information that we've got available to us today, I mean, it's unbelievable, you know, what we can have access to, what we can find out about. And you could talk to me, and you could have all kinds of people listening to you as well. You know, it's, it's Ask the Pastor. It's Late Night Council. And, uh, you know, we've only got about 23 minutes of a program left. But, you know, if it, a lot of people call in, hey, I'm in charge of the radio station here. So I can, you know, pull some strings and we might even be able to stay on later. I don't know. We'll find out if you call in. I, I, we don't know what will happen if you don't call in. But if you call in and you go over time, we'll see. Okay. And look, at don't, don't pull the stunt of, you know, if, if you're going to call in just at the end of it, you know, just to keep me on the air longer, I'm not going to let you on. That's only if we got like three or four lines jammed up. Okay. 
343-700-4390 is the Capital Region number. 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766 is the long distance line. That's 1-844-562-4766. JC at LateNightCouncil.com is the email address. Keep it under six lines. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. And you can tweet at me at JWCouncil. Maureen, my buddy in Toronto. I love Maureen. She just faithful listener to the show. She has emailed. She says, why is their answer you're spreading hate whenever they're disagreed with? It's the easiest way they found to end the conversation and any disagreement with them. It's hateful on their part. We have a right to disagree with anyone. And saying someone hates you because you disagree with them is nothing but BS. Have a good night, John. Sure here to sure good to hear your voice. Well, Marine, it's even better for, you know, for me to receive your email. Appreciate uh appreciate you emailing in again. 343-700-4390 is the capital region number. Well, she sent me another email here and it's under six lines. Should I read this sure why not? Cuz there's no limit on emails. You know, I I'll only allow people to call once during uh, uh, the show. And uh, you haven't called once tonight anyway, so you can still get your call in. But uh, never allowed a caller to call in more than once a show. But emails, there's never been a limit on them. When I was a very young girl, there were no girls in my neighborhood for me to play with. So my poor brother, three years older than me, always had me tagging along. Inevitably, I'd join him and his friends in games and baseball and street hockey. Thank God it was then and not now. Now adults label little kids as identifying as something other than what they are. Kids are being manipulated and irrevocably harmed by these bat crazies. That's an interesting term. Never heard that term. These bat crazies, as they fill their heads with all kinds of things they can't possibly handle or understand, they need to go back off. They need to back off and let kids be kids. Hmm. Well, I, I don't know about backing off. I mean, you know, kids need guidance. I mean, I, the way I see parents not giving proper guidance and letting kids, you know, uh, uh, fool with something as, as uh, important as even gender identity, in my opinion, a lot of that's abuse. It really is. It's abusive. I don't, the fact that a kid is allowed to choose their gender to the point where they can get hormone treatments and they can get, you know, uh, injections long before they're even 18 years old. Kids as young as 12 and 13. And this is not hateful now. I mean, Mike, I'm talking about this because I have compassion for these kids. I think they're being abused. I think that's child abuse. I do. And I think you're setting up a kid for horrible heartache and horrible, you know, uh, uh, a horrible future when, you know, at least agree with the kid's biology. At least come to the conclusion, you know, you got... Your body is nothing but male hormones, kids, and, and, and male cells. You know, the chromosomes in your body, every cell in your body, it's male chromosomes. It's not natural, in other words, to go against that. Anyway, that's my opinion. Don't mind hearing from you. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. So you're going to boycott uh, Beauty and the Beast? You're not going to go see it? I heard one commentator say, okay, well, I don't mind them doing that with the live-action version of Beauty and the Beast. That will always make the cartoon version the classic version of Beauty and the Beast. I guess that's one way. I think parents have every right in the world to, you know, 
spout off about things they agree with and disagree with. But, but at least be consistent, because I hope, you know, parents that are going to be boycotting the live-action version of, of Beauty and the Beast because they disagree with, the, you know, uh, the sexual message of it, I hope they're not, you know, participating and, and, and uh, um, you know, viewing all kinds of other immoral garbage that's all over the, you know, the, the, our screens today. Because then that would be hypocritical, wouldn't it? I think so. Here's another couple other topics. We're running out of time here, so I want to squeeze in a couple more things here tonight. This one caught my attention. Um, if you're a serious follower of Christ, and I don't like using the term Christian because, man, alive Christians do some of the stupidest unChrist-like things, and and the term Christian has been just, you know changed so much. I've had to read, when I read the Bible, you know, uh, Jesus said, you know, his, his, his commission to uh, the disciples, go and preach the gospel to every creature and make disciples of the nations. What's a disciple? Somebody who is seriously following Christ and is living a Christ-like lifestyle to the point that other people want to be disciples of Christ. That's what a disciple of Christ is. So that's what I want to be. I, I like that term, okay? So people that are of that passion you know you, you you take following christ seriously and i call it christ followers whatever okay what are your expectations when it comes to social media what are your expectations for your spiritual leaders for instance your pastors or your priests i'm looking at an article that was on christian post this week it's just published yesterday five social media reasons pastors are getting fired <laughs> this is a fun topic. I'll give you a little bit of it here. I recently recommended a pastor to another church. I think very highly of him. The guy's name is Tom Rayner, who's a frequent contributor to uh, Christian Post's website, which incidentally has over a million people hitting it every day. Okay, so it's very, very authoritative. I don't agree with everything they put on there, but most of it is really, really good stuff. Okay, like it's trustworthy. They don't bend the truth. They may give you an opinion, but... There's not fake news there. I recently recommended a pastor to another church. I think very highly of him. Indeed, the search committee chairman seemed genuinely enthused when I recommended him. He contacted me a couple weeks later with this comment. We can't consider him. He's just too snarky and sarcastic on social media. How do you like that? You know anybody that like that? Maybe a leader? He goes on. So what are pastors posting on social media that is raising the ire of church members? It typically falls into one or more of these five categories. And then he lists five categories. Followers of Christ, particularly leaders, you know, they think they can let their guard down or they think they can be another person when they're on social media. No, 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 no. Doesn't work that way. Never has. Never will. Gonna fall in trouble if you if you think that. So I, I want to go to those five things that, that that pastors are doing on social media that are really ticking some people off. And maybe you could relate. Hey, if I get a call in the last segment here before we gotta shut down tonight about this, and maybe you're I know sometimes I bring up topics and you're ticked off because I left it, you know, to that long. Well, you know, we got next week to talk about it, but maybe we could squeeze in a call. 343 seven that's 343-700-4390. And if you're calling from far away, 1-844-562-4766. This is Late Night Council. Stay with us.
So I'm reloading and taking a much-needed break with this here pre-recorded message. You can get a line right now while I'm doing that. 343-743-390. That's 343-743-390. That's uh, the Capital Region line. That's Ottawa, Gatineau, and close by. If you live far away, the toll-free line all across North America. 1-844-LNC is on. That's 1-844-562-4766. 1-844-562-4766. Our call service is automated. So you won't be talking to a live person until you're on air. Now, don't sweat that. Just follow the on-air prompts, and uh, you'll be fine. Trust me, you've handled this kind of technology before. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. You can connect with us live at tuneinradio.com or Google Play, or just click the Listen Live button at latenightcouncil.com. But, you know, chances are you've already done that. Just kind of a reminder. Council does not exist without advertisers. So if you want to buy time, email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com. And the rates are so cheap because, you know, we're just relaunching and getting things going again. You are going to absolutely love the rates. And, of course, your feedback is always welcome. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And thanks for tuning in. We're back live in just a few seconds. So hang in there. Some night I gotta play that whole tune. Actually, that whole tune, I, I don't know if that's ever gonna happen because that whole tune is like nine minutes long. That's uh, Eric Clapton. And uh, um, it's back when he, I think he was with Derek and the Dominoes when they did the original version of that. And uh, Steve Jordan, my favorite drummer, pretty much of all time, Steve Jordan is drumming on that. And the tune is called Got to Get Better in a Little While. It'd be a good tune to play for an Ask the Pastor Night. It would. It's really good. Really, really good. 
In fact, sometime I got, I've got to do the research on this. And if, and if you want to do some homework for me during the week, you people that are listening, and you want to send me some info on this, um, I remember reading back a few years ago that, that when Eric Clapton lost his uh, five-year-old child, um, died, I think it, the child fell out of a window. It was an accident, a horrible accident that took place. And apparently he returned to his Anglican faith and made a commitment to Jesus Christ then. He's kept very quiet about it. And I can't remember, like if any of you got any research on that or got some stuff that you want to send me, I, I would like to, you know, hear more about that, about Eric Clapton's faith. He's, he, he can't play the guitar anymore. He's got some type of Parkinson's type disease now. And he's really going through depression. It's not been a good thing. And, uh, because he just can't play anymore, and of course he loves music. And uh, anyway, that's a that's one of his better tunes. But, well, it's by, by far and away my favorite Eric Clapton tune ever. Anyway, back to what uh, you know. I, I left you with a bit of a cliffhanger before he went to that uh, uh, information break on uh, um, uh, uh, things that are getting pastors fired. And uh, Tom Rayner, you know, condenses it down to five things here that are getting pastors fired, and not just pastors. I mean. If you're a follower of Christ, man, that's a 24-hour-a-day thing. And, you know, if you're pursuing Christ and you want to, and your role model is him, you want to be more like him, you're going to think twice before, you know, you tweet out something or share something on Facebook. And this is pretty good stuff. This is good instructional stuff. I think this is good common-sense stuff for anybody that, you know, that cares what people think. Not that, you know, we're driven by that. I mean, I care what God thinks more than anything. If I had to choose between what I know is right before God and pleasing man, God's going to win out that on win out on that all the time. Now He's going to judge my heart because sometimes you can have that attitude, be really cocky and insufferable, and think you're holier than thou. I'm aware of that, okay. But this is pretty good stuff in spite of it, okay. So what are pastors posting on social media that is raising the ire of church members? It typically falls into one or more of these five categories. Here we go. Number one, generally combative and sarcastic comments. Do you know someone that seems always to be in debate on social media? They always want to prove their points, and they will take you on personally if you disagree with them. There are, a number, there are now a number of former pastors in this category, okay? Guys that have been defrocked or whatever and bitter theologians, you know, letting their thoughts be known on, on, online. Number two, political comments. If you make a political comment in today's incendiary environment, you will offend someone. The persons you offend may just be the ones who Jesus you need Jesus the most. Number three, taking on church members. Oh my good! I've seen this. I've read this and seen it online. I'm thinking, oh no, you got to be kidding me! What are these people thinking? Tom Rainer's words here. I cringe when I see church members posting critical comments against a pastor or a church staff member. I cringe even more when the pastor decides to take them on in a public forum. Most readers have no idea the context of the conflict. They just see their pastor acting like a jerk. Oh, man. Sorry for giggling, but I've seen this happen, and I, just, I, I, I can't believe what I've read, read sometimes. Oh, number four criticizing other people. I have a friend who served as a pastor of four churches. He loved criticizing well-known pastors, celebrities, Christian leaders, and others on social media. He was fired from his last church without a stated cause. I believe I know why, and he has gone three years without finding another place of ministry. 
Number five, unsavory comments. A pastor or church staff member making lewd or suggestive comments on social media gains nothing. Even if it's a quote from a movie or someone else, the consequences are always negative. And then Rainer writes a little bit more here. This post is not about pastors losing their prophetic voices. It's about pastors and church staff losing their ministries because of their failure to control their digital tongues. I like that line. You like that? They can't control their digital tongues. And then he gives the reference from James 1.26 and James 3 and 6. It says this, If anyone thinks he is religious without controlling his tongue, then his religion is useless and he deceives himself. The tongue pollutes the whole body, sets the course of life on fire, and is set on by fire by hell. Social media is not the place to vent or to wage petty battles. The consequences are simply too great. I want to uh, leave you with a closing tune tonight. And, uh, you know, I want to refer back to the story about Franklin Graham suggesting that uh, Christians ought to boycott the live-action version of uh, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, Michael O'Mardian, who has been over the last 40 years, 30 years, yeah, 40 years, I guess, one of the most, the, the most successful music producers in Hollywood. He's produced Rod Stewart. He's produced Michael Jackson. He's produced and worked with Andre Crutch for years. Did solo albums himself. His wife is a famous author, Stormy O'Marty, and you may have heard of her. Well, I remember back in about 1978 or 79, because he was living in Hollywood and he understood the culture better than anybody, he wrote this tune. And it's the devil singing this song. And the devil, the title of the tune is... I'm alive and well, and I'm living in L.A. Los Angeles influences, influences culture more than any other city in the world. The whole world falls over, you know, for the latest movie, the latest music. I mean, it, it does. It is the most. It influences culture more than any influence in the world, by far and away. Listen to the lyrics and think about what he's singing and what he's saying. This is the devil. This is the devil singing alive and well, and I'm living in L.A., Don't forget to tune in to Nick at Night, Wednesday night, 9 o'clock, okay? Right on the LateNightCouncil.com website. Nick at Night. Yeah, he's here at 9 o'clock. If you can't handle not having me for a week, well, I don't think Nick is a bad substitute. He'll be right here doing his show where I'm doing mine. And listen to these. I think they're prophetic, and I think they're very thoughtful lyrics from Michael Omardian. I'm alive and well, and I'm living in L.A.
I'm alive.